in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Another episode, Holly. It is indeed. This is episode sixty-two. Woohoo! Yep. Getting it's, on it's up good, there. I know. It's 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 nice to be back. Mm-hmm. Shall I jump right in? I've got uh, I've got a nice review for us. Oh, all the reviews are nice, but you know. Yeah. So this comes from Anstar twenty two from the UK, who says, "Love, love, love! Such a great <laughs> podcast. I love listening to Holly and Nora telling stories about their lives in such a unique country, and what they think of the Chinese culture—the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's quite true. This podcast is perfect for anyone." Uh, planning a trip to China, or for anyone that simply has an interest in different cultures and traditions. Keep up the great work, girls. Thank you. Thank you. That's, That's so nice. nice. Yes. Uh, okay, so we've had some comments. We've had lots of comments. Like last week, we we mentioned uh, China Bob, also known as Bob Conrad, who is a a lifer as yeah. we've termed him so uh he's left a lot of comments so if you're interested to know what bob's been saying you can go and have a look but we're also gonna kind of spotlight him on writtenchinese.com so uh because he's he's got a lot of insight he's been in china for like 18 plus years mm-hmm. so obviously I mean, we think we've got some stories to tell. I'm sure he has some pretty impressive ones too. Definitely. So yeah, I'm not gonna read like I'm not gonna read any of his stuff out today because it's you know you're gonna have a wallop of China Bob. Yep. This week. Yep. And it <laughs> seems like he's been going back through and listening mm-hmm. to a lot of our episodes back to back, and then he's put his comments for a lot of the ones that he's listened to in the show notes for each of for each of those episodes. Yeah. And I do suggest people, if they're interested in a certain topic, to go check out what he's saying because he does, like, he puts a big chunk, like oh, yeah, a big yeah, paragraph definitely. there of a lot of really great insights. And sometimes he adds, you know, he, things that we missed, he puts, he puts in there or suggestions or mm-hmm. whatever. So I, I do suggest if you're interested to go check out what he's saying in the comments of the show notes. So those, again, if you want to find them, you just figure out which episode number you want and then you just go to writtenchinese.com slash episode blah, blah, blah. So yep. slash episode seven mm-hmm. slash episode 16. Um, and if you want the full list of all the podcast episodes, you can go to writtenchinese.com slash podcast and you can see them all listed there and it'll link to those show notes from there. So highly encourage you to check mm-hmm. that out because it's really valuable content from somebody who's been around for twice as long, more than three times as long as Holly and I have. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool to hear his yeah, insights. Definitely. And if you guys like want to leave comments, like feel free to put comments on any of the previous episodes or, or, the ones we're doing now um something that you might want to do is like you can follow people who leave comments oh yeah on our site so nora and i try and make we try and reply to anyone who leaves a comment if we've missed you we're really sorry sometimes things like slip through the net um but we're trying to go back and find people um but we have a platform called discuss so if you if you join discuss you can just use your facebook or uh, i think also twitter mm-hmm. you can use your username for that or email or whatever yeah um and basically it's really cool because you can follow people so you can follow nara and i if you want <laughs> or you can follow china you could follow china bob 
Because yeah, his comments you, are really, really interesting. And you can see, it's cool because you can see, you know, if I visit other webs or you visit other oh, yeah. websites anywhere on the web and use Discuss, then you mm-hmm. can see what see what I'm talking about. Yep. So it's, it's kind of cool if mm-hmm. you're interested. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we do have a comment from Angelo who says, so this was uh, about last episode, episode 61. Um, and he says, great episode, lots of laughs. I was listening <laughs> to this episode while on a long drive around 4am. Thank you guys for keeping me company and helping me stay awake. Also, I'm not <laughs> sure if this is going to become a thing now, but I'm definitely team giggles. <laughs> Yay! Sure, I thought <laughs> Two votes. I thought it was really nice. <laughs> That's yeah. nice. Um, so before we, before I tell you about my news article of the week, uh, we just want to give a quick shout out to Christine Phipps. So yesterday yeah. we got, for those of you who, who know, um, if you have a question, you can go to uh, writtenchinese.com uh, slash voicemail and actually leave us a, a voice message. So we got one yesterday from Christian, but unfortunately there was no sound or anything. It's just It's just a minute of nothingness. So Christian, Phipps, if you're out there and you want to leave us a question, please... Please do it. Try again, because mm-hmm. we really want to hear what your question was. Yeah, there was no email return yeah, email that's a, that's address, shame, so yeah. I couldn't. Usually, yeah. people will leave their email address, but he wrote it anonymously, so we don't have a way to try Maybe it was contact nasty. him. Maybe he doesn't really like us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's hope not. Okay. So, um... <laughs> My story today is about uh, a man who who has devised his own health routine um, and has lost or claims to have lost thirty kilos uh, by walking around with a cement block on his head. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he. Oh. So th- so three years ago. I was not ago, expecting this holiday. You went. You went. <laughs> no, but that's hilarious. He's literally a blockhead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So three years ago, uh, the guy weighed 115 kilos, um, and so the doctor said, like, you need to lose some weight. It's not a good, uh, not a good weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so he started to look around for some new methods to lose weight, and he said, "quote I didn't want to take diet pills, so I decided to give the exercise a try." He explains. So he first he starts off with fifteen a fifteen kilogram cement block Ooh, on top of his head. That's already pretty heavy. Yeah. But then he slowly progressed up to forty kilos. Oh my So now he's doing fourteen kilos. Forty, sorry, not fourteen. Forty. Yeah. So <laughs> uh he's now uh eighty five kilos after three years. Now Although, like, I want to be like, oh, good on him, like, he's lost weight. Is that a lot of, I mean, 30 kilos in three years, is that a lot? I think I suppose so. it is quite a lot, If he's keeping it, it off, because a lot of times what happens He's probably is, just shrank, though. He's probably, squ- he was... I was going to say, like, what does his chiropractor have to say about <laughs> this <laughs> method? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, he actually, like, has <laughs> created with this... He's created his own unique exercise routine, which includes practicing two sets of martial arts, and he circles around the bell tower in his town, I guess. 
22 times <laughs> and climbs 50 steps up and down six times. So without the cement block, I feel like that's a pretty good exercise routine right, right. there. Yeah, yeah, you ride 30 kilos for doing all of that on a da- every day. Is that what it Doesn't says? Or? Uh, oh. I'm not sure if he does it every day. Well, anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm not, it's a not lo- sure. It's a pretty decent amount of yeah. exercise. Oh, it says, as long as the weather is suitable, he goes out with his block. <laughs> <laughs> For around three kilometers, it says. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just had an image of him, like, drawing a face on it, like, you know, cast away when he draws <laughs> a face yeah. on the volleyball. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, he, him and his block. Uh, he says that he wants to put his routine into the Guinness World Records. I don't think he really gets how the Guinness World Records works. Yeah, what is that? It's a world record uh, for what? Uh, most bizarre exercise routine, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It's honestly, I, I, I don't know. Maybe unusual, but also like most impressive way to lose weight or something. Hmm. Doesn't it doesn't say exactly what he wants to get in for? <laughs> Seems like people in the eastern hemisphere are so into. I just recently saw some footage of. Um, I guess it's really really popular in India to try to get in the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh. I was like, is that thing still around? Because all of these categories got so bizarre. I used to love reading it as a kid, like skimming through. You know, you always go straight for the fat people and right. like the tall people and the and short people. And there's always people. pictures. Yeah, the pictures <laughs> and those, those classic pictures of those two twins, massive twins, riding those little motorcycles. <laughs> Have you I, seen that? I would it's like the go fattest for the long twins. Nail ones. Oh yeah, the long oh long nail, long hair. But I mean, I I don't know of anybody in the U.S. who is working. To try Towards. to get in, yeah, because I feel like it. the they just they started getting so weird. Like yeah. the one I saw from India the other day was like, how much electric voltage can your body withstand? And there's this guy who like he can withstand a current of electricity going through him that would power an entire city, like an entire um, apartment complex. It's just weird. I mean, to me, that's not... I feel like the categories should have been set. (laughs) You know, and that... You know what I mean? Like, at this point... I guess they just wanted people to continue to try to participate in it. But now the categories are so weird. It's like, how much metal can you consume in one year? And it's like this guy who eats shopping carts. You know, it's so (laughs) weird. It's so weird. Uh, See, I always thought that, like, most of the time, these people were found, like, accidentally... Yeah, and then added like you. I, it's like I didn't natural bizarreness, right? I didn't realize that people actually do weird stuff in order to get in. I mean, of course, yeah, there are going to be those people out there who do that. But I thought in the past it was mostly like, oh, we heard that it, there's a guy in Swansea who can, you know, cycle backwards for five thousand miles or something, <laughs> and that he gets in because that's odd, but. It seems like, well, I haven't really looked into it very deeply, but it seems like you can just, as long as you're the the number one for doing do anything, it, yeah. then they'll put you in there. So it's kinda, mm. as long as they can verify that what you're saying is true and that you are the, the number one, then they'll put you in there. So it's kind of weird. But yeah, this yep. guy. So walking around with cement block on his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, of course, there's people, because this has gone viral, and uh, 
the Chinese uh, social media platforms, and as someone said, like, what if this kind of exercise causes some serious damage to the neck? Yeah. <laughs> like, no kidding. <laughs> but then they're all saying, like, oh, but he's, because he's got this block on his head, like, he's lost his head. Did they? I don't know, he's, like, in his 50s, like, he's in his late 50s, I mean, that could have happened anyway. <laughs> I don't think it's, I mean, it could have something to do, do with it. Do you think he would have continued? Like, what if he, if he started losing his hair after he stuck this block on his head, would he just keep going? I don't know, maybe that for him would be another element of the Guinness Book of Records thing. Maybe. Although when you do have any kind of major change to your weight, generally you do lose hair, because your body's, like, kind of goes crazy. Hmm. Like people who have massive weight loss tend to lose their hair. Oh, really? Yeah, it grows oh. back, but like what, your body kind of goes through shock. Hmm? And you tend to lose your hair. So maybe that's part of it. You know, Chinese people are so um, hardcore. About, it's funny because like their exercise routines in general, from what I've seen, are really wimpy. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about, because I know there are a lot of Olympians here, too, but, um, like, the general people, like, when we in the States, like, if you go for a run, you, first of all, you put on proper gear, mm -hmm. like, tr like, running shoes sure. and, like, sweatpants. Um, they don't, they'll, they'll go running in, like, their business shoes and, like, a suit. Um, and they don't run very fast. They don't really pick up their legs very much. They do. No. I mean, this is generally. Some people do, but most people, it's like this kind of wimpy. And like we've talked about before in our episode about the gyms in China, about women who, they, they have these gym memberships. They go to the gym, they're wearing jeans. And they'll, they'll tr like take a yoga class wearing jeans and then they'll like oh. walk on the treadmill at a pace that's slower than what I would walk, you know, yeah, to get going to the from shop. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And they'll just be on the treadmill for like an hour. But here's the thing, is they're hardcore in the sense that they're really dedicated. Like, if they want to lose weight, they'll follow so strictly what the trainers say. Mm. Like, they're so good at following instructions. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, the, and the trainers will tell them like, oh, this week you're only going to eat broccoli mm -hmm. and you need to walk for an hour and a half on the treadmill at this speed. Right. There are a few Americans that I know that could make it a week doing that. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a lot of dedication, like only eating broccoli and, and walking. extremely boring as well. Yeah, and an hour and a half every day. But Chinese people will do it. They'll do it. Mm -hmm. Like, in general, they're just way more apt to follow the, like to follow a routine. Yeah. Yeah, especially the women. I've known women who, like, want to lose weight. And they just, like, replace everything with fruit. And, yeah, like, they I'm already lying eating. on the floor, like, starving to death. Like, as soon as they say, oh, yeah, I'm just, like, I'm just going to have a, an apple for lunch. I'm like, <sighs> Or they just, like, stop eating dinner. Yeah. That's a really common one. They literally just don't eat dinner. And they do that for as long as they get to their goal weight. I mean, but that's, that's hard. I mean, it takes dedication. Or they just stop eating. Stop it, yeah. They'll just stop eating until they get to the weight that they want, and then they'll start eating again. I mean, they're really, like, in that sense, they're really hardcore. Yeah. But they're, like, needing to lose weight, and what we see is completely different. I, re I recently 
moved apartments and I, I was talking to the agent who was helping us look and she said we would she said to me oh like have you had dinner I said oh no not yet like I'd come straight from work to the agency to see an apartment and I said oh have you and she said oh I just had fruit because I need to lose weight mm-hmm. she she was about four foot eleven I mean you know my leg is bigger than her waist like <laughs> she was a tiny little thing but she said, "Oh yeah, my my friend told me my like my bum is big." And I was like, oh, "I can't say." Yeah, let they me def- just go and drown myself now. <laughs> yeah, they're very. I mean, you don't see. Of course, you. I'm sure you see articles here and there about how obesity is on the rise in China. But that's, and apparently there are more obese people here than in the U.S. But mm-hmm. obviously, when you consider the population size, it's not really that impressive to say that. But um, in general, the like, because in the U.S. Most people, like more than fifty percent of people in the U.S., are overweight, hmm. which is you know, and they're pretty generous about what's an overweight. average weight gain. Like, because mm. average weight to me already seems like when you, if you're an upper part of average, that's already relatively you're relatively um, built. I mean, like it's not like you're super skinny or anything like yeah. that. Like, it's a pretty generous range. So those who are above that really are um, overweight. But in China, I feel like there are, it's, like, extreme. If you're obese, you're, you can be, like, really obese. But people who are, who think they're fat here would all be within the normal range. I think a lot of them would be under, to be honest. Yeah, or under. But at least, like, they wouldn't be considered overweight in I, the U.S. So they're very cautious about... They are very, very health conscious in a lot of ways. Uh, See, I disagree with it being health conscious. I Mm. think it's the desire to be like a stick insect. I don't think it's got anything to do with health (laughs) for me. Like, I think they would start. They would rather starve themselves and be skinny than be healthy. Mm. But I think the social pressures come from a place of, at least they use the excuse because I think in. In China, we've also kind of touched on this before, but it's really common for people to be really blunt about, yeah. like, oh, Holly, you're getting fat. You know, like, they'll just say it to you, like, yeah. oh, you look a little bit fatter than before or something. You know, like, they, mm-hmm. they really bluntly say stuff like that. And I think it comes from a place of, like, they want to encourage you to be healthier because then they'll try to tell you what you need to do in order to lose Wait. So I think I think outside forces, because like <clears throat> in the U.S., if you said that, that's very rude. People would be really offended yeah. if you were like, you know, you would say, yeah, and well, I'm really stressed out. You know, my job is busy. So what? What? I mean, why are you telling me this? I know already. But here, it's like okay for all the people in your life around you to comment on your weight mm-hmm. and like give you a bunch of suggestions so i think those social pressures do actually help to keep them all in normal range yeah yeah because i think that for them like there's always a way to solve the problem like they would say the same like if i if you had a spot on Mm. your face like they would say the same or like oh you've got like you you have a spot they wouldn't say spot they would use maybe a different word i'm trying to think of what Pimple. Yeah, something like Dodo that. Dodo is how you yeah, say it in right, Chinese. Exactly. They would say, oh, like, you know. And obviously you would be, like, mortally embarrassed, but they would say, like, don't eat spicy food or don't eat chocolate or something like that. There would always be, like, a way for that, that according to their way, the way they, they think, I guess. There's always a way around it. 
yeah, you should do this, yeah. you should yeah. do that. So in a way, they, I guess they think it's been, like, constructive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And once you've been here a while, you, you, it's just, like, water off a duck's back, really, isn't it? you just got to get over it and be like, okay, fine. Yeah, yep. Some people handle the mothering better than other people, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, I never thought about it as mothering, but I suppose it is in a way. It is. I mean, they, like, you know, sometimes if I stand too close uh, on a corner of the street, people still, like, try and pull <laughs> me back. <laughs> you know yeah especially if you're with them like they'll like you grab cross, your arm and yeah. pull you back if you cross the road like, okay I'm road, not gonna step in front of the car it's fine yeah. be careful be careful like, yeah can you chill out I've been crossing <laughs> roads for 29 years <laughs> <sighs> anyway yeah interesting um news article Holly mm-hmm. that is weird mm-hmm. it seems as though using stones for exercise isn't it's, this isn't the first case because apparently there was a guy um, uh, who who was putting them on his feet and then walking 200 meters every day. How, how, like on the tops of his feet? No, I like think just underneath. Balance? I think like, like strapping them underneath and then having to like lift his feet up oh. with the, the like the Well, that seems underneath. like a healthier way to do it. I I feel like this whole putting it on your head thing is <laughs> I wonder just if he's terrible still the same for the height. spine. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like slowly shrinking. Shrinking, yeah, you'd think so. Oh man, because mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've heard of people like putting ra- rocks into like a backpack or something and then doing exercise. Like anytime you're adding weight, obviously you're you're working harder to do the same activity. But putting something on your head, yeah, it just I don't know. It seems like a lot of possible mm. injuries <laughs> could occur from this. <laughs> I just imagine Bonnie Rubble. Like, I feel, you know how Barney didn't have a neck? Yeah. I think he must have turned into <laughs> something like that. There's another guy who's apparently balances a, a rock on his head or a stone or whatever. And then, uh, while riding his bike. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. There's a picture of him, by the way. So I'll put the link to that article on the writtenchinese.com. If he stops suddenly, 62. this rock is just going to go flying off and smack somebody. I'm right? guessing he's gone at like a steady pace, but yeah, I guess. Can you imagine like if he wasn't looking and he had an accident with a car and the storm would just go flying off? It yeah. Could be, well, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's so weird. So, so depressing right there. So. Stop putting rocks on your head, guys. But uh, as we've like, we've talked about in the past, there are some strange like. Okay, this is like a weight loss craze, but we've had all those strange, like, oh, you're fit, or you're healthy if you can balance, what was it, the like the coins in your collarbone, or mm. if your leg was the same width as an iPhone 6, or... Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, let's move on <laughs> to our question. Yeah. So, this is a, a bit of a special one, really, isn't it? It is. It is. We'll let this woman speak for herself. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Hi, Holly and Nora. This is Marsha from Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. I absolutely love your broadcast, your podcast, um, especially since Nora is my daughter. Um, My husband and I have been to China three times um, already, And I never noticed um, any cemeteries or memorial gardens or anything on our trips. And I wondered how and what 
the Chinese people do when someone dies. I assume they cremate the bodies, but do they have like a cemetery or a memorial garden where they put their ashes? And just curious about what they do when someone dies over there. Thanks again for your podcast. I love listening to both of you, and um, I just think it's wonderful. Thanks. Bye. Aw, thanks, Mom. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> so <laughs> you might have heard my mom and dad were on the show. Actually, both sets of our parents have been on the show mm-hmm. in previous episodes. So if you are interested to hear some of their thoughts about their visits to China, you can go back and find those episodes. But this question, I'm really glad that she sent this in because this is a really interesting topic that I hadn't thought about before to discuss on the show and nobody had really brought this up Mm -hmm. but it's a big part of life yeah in general yeah and I think I don't know about you Nara but when we got the question obviously it provoked like an interesting response but I also thought like I actually don't know a whole lot because from my experience people don't really talk about it yes that's my experience too I've tried asking people be Chinese people before about death and the whole process. Because I also noticed it when I first came here. Because in, in the States, you see graveyards everywhere. Right, and at home too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anytime you travel, especially between cities, usually you'll see these little churches with plots of land in between areas, which you have, you know, they're usually not far from roads. You can see these sites. But in China, it's they're very well hidden. Mm-hmm. So you don't, in fact, in general, death is very well hidden. Yeah, I think so. I, and it's funny, really, because from what I've read, they do, they they actually prepare for it quite well. Mm. So although they're not discussing it, emotionally, I think they're somehow prepared as well. So it's kind of a bit of a, I don't know, juxtaposition of things right there. I don't know. Um... I, so with the whole, like, not seeing cemeteries and things like that, I was told that when people were buried, they were buried, uh, vertically. Oh. But when I did the research, I didn't come across this fact. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe that's the in ancient It could have been, times. yeah, maybe. And, and another thing was that, uh, that they were they they're buried in like burial mounds, almost like the Vikings and people like that did in the past too, where they might be on like a family plot of land, mm. like all together in like on a hill almost. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I mentioned this like maybe back in the day when we first started, there was a news article about a lot of uh, companies uh, were wanting to build um, new buildings like uh, houses and apartments um but there were people who refused to give up their land because their families were buried there um especially on these like these hills basically mm-hmm. um and a lot of the families ended up having to kind of give in um because they were being tortured basically and they the company sort of said we'll help you like re rebury them elsewhere okay mm. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, so it's hard to know for us um, about 
what happens because for one Chinese people are not very open to talking in my experience whenever I've asked I've usually gotten the pe people get really quiet and they're not they don't really want to talk about this subject yeah so I've kind of stopped asking because I asked several different people over the course of my time here uh -huh. about it and nobody really seemed to want to discuss it mm -hmm. and they always got very somber and so I don't know if it's part of the culture that they just don't believe in discussing the whole thing <clears throat> that's part of the reason why it's kind of shrouded in a bit of mystery for me at least but um another is just that it varies so differently not just from region to region and then also you have these groups of you know, there's different ethnic minorities in china so they all have their own practices and even within the han majority they have their own region to region and even village to village they have their own rituals and practices that go along with it but not only that but within the same ritual culture let's say it also depends on the circumstances of the death oh, so it's yeah. like if the person who died was young then there are rules and like how yeah. they die and there and so there are a lot of rules behind it so it's it's highly complex and it's like a smash up between like buddhism and confucianism yeah. and then like other you know cultural um, influences so it's not doesn't really follow you know it's not like oh it's a Christian burial and it's like a lot of Christian burials are similar mm -hmm. or a Muslim you know it's like it's it's kind of mixed so it's it's there's seems to be no straightforward when a person dies we do a B and C right although something I've I found was that um, it's really important for the um, the ritual or the ceremony to be to go in a set like to be as perfect i guess as possible mm. because if something goes wrong or something isn't done correctly then the family believe that this this is going to cause massive problems in the future mm -hmm. uh, for the family members um yeah who who are still with us i guess um but also it will affect the person who who passed away in their in whatever happens to them afterwards <laughs> mm -hmm. so it needs to go like as smoothly as possible mm -hmm. yeah it seems that there are very strict rules that go along i mean but again it varies from yeah, wherever you are but it. you yeah you're expected to uphold the very it's very somber very serious affair with very strict strict rules mm -hmm. which go way beyond like in in at least in my experience in the states it's like basically like a three-day period where it's a pretty standard like these are the, these are kind of the things that happen you have the memorial and then you have the funeral and then you have the burial but in china like it can it lasts a really long time mm -hmm. so you have all these things that you're supposed to do you know seven days after the person passes away and then every seven days after that for the first 49 days and then like on the hundredth day and i don't know if you came across any I, of those I, I don't really know the specifics but they're they have a lot of um rules that go well beyond uh after the person has been buried yeah yeah i, I also read that um that 
the mourning period can last from anywhere between 49 to 100 days. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a that's a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. I mean, it's funny, actually, when we're talking about how in China, like people don't don't talk about that, but actually, back home, I'm not sure how comfortable people would be to answer a question from a foreigner either. Like, you if, think so? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. In my family, I'm not sure how we would talk, but I think it would be pretty upsetting for us. I think. I feel like. I don't. I I do understand that. I mean, it is a sensitive issue for mm. everybody, right? But um, if it's just the cold hard facts, yeah. If it's just yeah. yeah if it's not really yeah. personal, it's not. It's not like they they asked you like, so what happened when your yeah. you know when this person died? Sure. If you're just asking about in general, what's the process? What happens? Mm-hmm. At least I would feel. I mean, I would treat it seriously, but I would feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah. I'd say, well, we usually have a funeral, and, you know, there's mm-hmm. food, and, you know, just explaining. Sure. And our th- our cemeteries look like this, and, the, you know, usually, typically people are um, buried in a coffin. You know, I don't know. Right. I wouldn't feel really so sensitive about discussing the details of mm-hmm. our rituals back home, but that doesn't seem to be... But it seems to be a much more personal... Okay thing here mm. i've never broached the subject with anyone if i'm honest mm. um but you obviously you have so you know i have better. tried because i've been curious mm. about it but yeah, i've you know I'm, i i never like to push people for information so when i've i've always felt like i've gotten some kind of resistance when discussing it the whole thing with uh chinese people so i haven't really pressed the matters and unfortunately i've well, both of us have actually participated, like, have, we've witnessed, we, we have mm. a mutual friend, a foreigner, actually, who passed away um, not too long ago. And so we actually went through the whole process. So he opted, although he was a foreigner, he was a European, um, he opted for a Buddhist, like, traditional Buddhist mm. um, funeral. And he knew it was coming. He was ill. Um, so there were a lot of things that they did prior to him actually passing away in order to prepare because they knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So there was, like, when it when the time was close, um, they, they had, uh, like, this music always playing around him mm-hmm. and incense burning. And then they had these people on standby who basically the first, um, I think it was either 24 or 48 hours after he passed away, came to the home and prayed over him for the, for that first time, um, before they took his body, uh, which apparently helps to like, I'm not exactly sure what it, it sort of sounds like the last rites, like Catholics. Yeah, do, don't they usually like they have a priest come and say the last rites before the the person passes away. But this one, he actually passes away first. Oh, and I then see. they come. Oh, all right. But they come like as soon as he passes away, and then they like do these prayers, I guess, to usher him into the next stage. Mm. So. We kind of have some experience. And then I think it was... Because the numbers are really important. Did, did, what, did. Yeah, like, mm. numbers in Chinese are really yeah, important. Yeah, that's true. So the day that they... It was like, 
I, I think it was seven days after he passed away. They did the funeral? Or no. No, it wasn't. But the day that... They, they always choose the dates very carefully. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, they had to change the day or something. But it, it couldn't be... It couldn't be a certain day because that was bad, so it had yeah. to be like slightly later or something. Yeah. I remember there was some I can't clearly I am not sure about the specific details, but there was something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the the so we also attended the ceremony and we so if I remember correctly, maybe you can also help me fill in any sure. details, but they had kind of like a memorial, like a visitation where they had an open casket. Yeah. He had a yellow cloth, like silk cloth, like laid over. If I remember, mm, was that, that right? part I don't remember. I just remember there was lots. Like I remember after I yeah I don't remember that. Mm. So if if I remember they had, I think they had like a yellow piece of. Oh, like almost like golden, yeah, uh, gold. golden, yes, like covering him up till the head, like neck, mm-hmm. let's say. Um, and then we all stood, so there weren't any seats or anything. So he, th- so the coffin was in the middle of the room, surrounded by flowers. bouquets of flowers mm-hmm. that people had brought in, and a you know a photo of him. And then we all stood for the ceremony. His wife spoke, his brother spoke, his business partner of many years spoke. And then afterwards, we all filed out, but they gave us um, a handful of flower petals to toss yeah. onto his coffin. We, we also kind of prayed or did something. We Did we give, like, I'm not exactly we sure bowed. because yeah we bowed and it was in Chinese so I'm not sure what it was that we said, like that we actually said and yeah. I I mean at the time obviously you just do it because you you're like following. you're just there yeah we we had to bow and we said something all together but you moved forward like row by row right to right. do it together like in a long line and then we bowed yeah and then we got the fl- the petals and we put them yeah we sprinkled so one them by inside one, yeah. like the coffin with him we walked out. And then afterwards we had food, but it had to be a specific type of food. It had to be um, vegetarian, and it had to be prepared in a certain way. Um. So we had to go to, like, a specific restaurant and order specific dishes. Which, again, because obviously, I mean, because the person that, I mean, were close to his wife, but I didn't really feel comfortable pressing her for details no, about everything no, in no, this no. situation because obviously it was really tragic. But um, objectively, it was a really interesting because 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 this had been so mysterious and I had no idea what was going on. It mm. was interesting to actually participate and see what it was like. Yeah. And then afterwards, um, as I understand it, when he was cremated. They also, um, they cremated him wearing really, really nice clothing. Oh. They definitely spare no expense. Like, this seems to be standard all over China, is that they spare no expense. Yes. When it comes to honoring the dead. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was, so he was dressed in really, really nice clothing, and he, his favorite belongings were also sent with him. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
which I thought was a little bit strange because it's like a computer and a watch and like these things that you wouldn't necessarily think to burn. So that's a bit different from like the chi- like the if it's not like a Buddhist ceremony, the they also like the traditional Chinese ritual is similar, but they use paper items instead uh, of real things. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's. I'm, a, I'm afraid to actually like <clears throat> look into that subject because maybe they. Because I could just see where there would be shady business where people who are going to, like, cremate would just, like, take all the stuff and then just, like, burn paint. I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but yeah. it sounds like there's a potential. Because the things that they put with him were really valuable right. things. Because yeah. this guy was not a poor man. Sure. So, he, I mean, there was a lot of stuff mm. that went with him. But I, apparently that, like, he gets to take those to with take those him with to him. the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember the, because I feel like your mom, you, your mom was saying that she, when she's visited China, she's never seen mm. a graveyard or anything that, you know, had anything to do with death. Mm-hmm. And so the place that we went to for the ceremony was kind of out in the, in the middle of nowhere, I felt. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of tucked away. It was like it between was like, two mountains. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was. I wonder you couldn't if, see it from the road or anything. Yeah, I wonder if the place had some sort of meaning, like if it was there for a reason. Uh, I understand that feng shui has I a was lot gonna, to do with it. I was it. thinking that, but I wouldn't have a clue what it, why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also don't know. We don't really know anything much about feng shui other than it makes it, you know. The, so maybe the position of the land and the direction it's facing yeah. and whatever water is surrounding it. So there's something about it. They do choose these locations based off of feng shui, mm. apparently. Yeah. And that's, that goes the same for um, the actual burial site. Right. So I've been to the burial site a few times to visit. And... Um, because I've been there and I've seen what it looks like, I've also noticed you can see them much more obviously in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Because, and hill, yeah, yeah, yeah. So because Hong Kong is so densely populated, so it's much more obvious. And then you know they just have such limited land space, so it's much more easy to spot these kind of things in Hong Kong. And also Hong Kong is very hilly, so they'll be up quite high. So it's it's mo- much easier to see it it's more visible Mm -hmm. so what it looks like is really steep um steps like these layers uh so it's like if you imagine a hill or a a small mountain and then they've just cut like steps into it Mm -hmm. with rows and then each row has a line of tombstones yes yeah and so they they bury the at the ashes so the ashes are buried okay so because for you i mean at home if you cremate someone we we tend to scatter ashes we don't tend to bury them Oh, okay Uh, for us i think you you kind of you tend to do both Both. usually like have some that you scatter and Mm. then some that are put into some kind of an urn and buried in the ground right um, and maybe that's the same. But this was interesting that I found was um, so I found this statistic in neighboring Guangzhou. About fifty thousand people every year pass away. Okay. 
So Guangzhou has what twenty million people, something like that. It's big. But um, so of the fifty thousand people who die every year, only about ten percent are buried in those kind of graveyard okay. sites that we're talking about. Right. Uh, there's several reasons. One is that they're exceptionally expensive. Right. Reduced the, it. Yep. So it's it's more mm-hmm. expensive than housing per square meter. Oh. Yeah. So, and we already know housing is ridiculously expensive here, but I heard that, um, like a two meter plot can cost you about, uh, the cheapest would be something like six and a half thousand dollars. And the more, the better ones would be, uh, like the location a little bit better or the, um, site a little bit better would be more like thirty thousand (laughs) dollars. So the for some for most families, this just isn't because because the whole like face of it, the whole like you want to honor the person. So I think families would rather opt for a different would go for a different option rather than get like the cheapest. You know, it's like you want to be the big fish in sure. the small pond rather mm-hmm. than the small fish in the big pond. Yep. So. Um, so I heard it 10% go to these like sites and then 5% do more eco-friendly methods. So there are quite a few new methods where it's like they deep bury the ashes, but it actually doesn't require a lot of land. Mm -hmm. And I guess they they can be like buried in layers. So it's not like one person owns this square of earth. It's, they get put down under the ground in like a sacred spot but then you know it doesn't really take up because eventually it all decomposes and you know they don't actually put them in an urn so it's like a more eco-friendly that's become more popular so that's about five percent and then the rest of them are their ashes are sent home to their hometowns right so because most people most people who live in big cities aren't from big you know it's like massive urban migration so um their ashes are sent home, and then they they do whatever rituals are common for their village or smaller town. Mm. Well, you just reminded me while you were tell like when you were talking. Uh, in March, when my parents were here, we uh, we took a cruise on the um, the Yangtze River, and uh, we visited this area and. Um, this my information is going to be really poor because I can't remember anything other than <laughs> um, in this specific area, uh, the you know it was in a valley, so either side of the river are these huge like cliff sides, and so um, I guess thousands of years ago, I guess when people passed away, they would make like these stone coffins mm. and put the the people inside, but then. If they were wealthy or if they had a high position, I guess they probably weren't wealthy, but okay, they, they had a high position, they would hang them off the side of the, the rock, like the cliff side, and they're called hanging coffins. Oh, hang the actual coffin. Yeah, it's ama- it was amazing, and some of them you can still see. Oh, I think I've heard of you that You might before. have, and they just, like, they just basically bore hole, bored, they don't do it now, there were holes in the cliff side, and they would put, like, I guess... Uh, 
long sticks of wood or I don't know, maybe even rock, and then they would put the coffin on top. Mm-hmm. And and if you were, uh, you had a higher position or you were wealthier, then you would go higher. So it was always like you oh. were trying to be higher because you would be closer to the heavens, I guess. Okay. It's fascinating. Like it's really amazing if you can find anything in any information online. Okay. Um, I'll have a look. In fact, because there's some pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have found that the the burial sites that I've like. The places that I have seen are immaculate, and they're really beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. dark but beautiful places. You know, the the place where our friend is, it's 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 actually gorgeous. Right. Um, and they have this little they have a temple there, and they mm. have you know waterfall, and they have, it's oh. it's actually really lovely. It's between two mountains. Again, it's kind of tucked back, but it's 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 really lovely. Like, they take it very seriously. Um, and the, okay, this is one of the things that I discovered when doing a little bit of reading was that we know in Chinese culture that the elder, the elder, um, members of your network are treated with a certain respect. Yeah. And it's similar when it comes to death, like the people who are under, who are younger than them. Um, have a lot of responsibilities for how how things go and how they need to be respected after they pass away. Yeah. But that means that if a young person dies who doesn't have any heirs or, you know, if, like, if a child dies or a young unmarried person, mm-hmm. then they're buried in silence. Wow. So they don't talk about it. They're not supposed to mourn. They're just supposed to... Oh, I didn't come across that. Yeah. So they don't have a, like, a... They don't have, like, a ceremony, like, a proper ceremony. Because the older people are not supposed to mourn for the younger. For a younger person. Yeah. Huh. So that's... Wow. I mean, if you're a parent and you lose a child and then you're just supposed to, like, keep your mouth shut. I mean, of course they must mourn, but mm-hmm. that must be so hard because you just feel so... Because you're not supposed to talk about it. There's not supposed to be some kind of a grand ceremony. It's just, you have to just bear that in wow. silence, which I thought was a really tough one. Yeah, I I found, uh, I've known about this for a little while. Um, uh, I don't know if it just, like, conflicts with, with this, with your, with your, what you found, um, but... Uh, I, I I find this quite it morbidly interesting, of course. Please don't judge me. About <laughs> uh, something called a ghost marriage. Oh. So this a ghost marriage is something that happens if uh, one or both parties have passed away. And in Chinese culture, there's a ma- like we all we I mean we've talked about it a lot. There's a lot of pressure to be married, and so if a person dies, especially a young man passes away and he wasn't married um, a lot of families will try and find a woman for him to marry in the in the other world I guess and uh, in the past sometimes that was a living woman so they would marry and oh. so the, the the woman if she married the 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 man that had passed away she would still take on the responsibility of the, the, the daughter-in-law of the family oh wow yeah um so but um so this this is a this is a like a traditional 
ritual, um, but it has become more popular again. Um, and so because of that, there's a lot of, um, there's become more stories of, uh, <laughs> without, I mean, it's basically like grave robbery, unfortunately. And women have been borrowed, <laughs> I suppose, to marry pa men who've passed away. Really? Yeah, so the I found an borrowed. article. Yeah, I'm trying, well, I'm trying to quote it a little bit because I know it's really awful. Um, so, yeah, these, um, there are stories of, like, see, what confused me is I found a story about a man whose mother was taken. Now, if she was like an older lady, why would they want her to be the be a bride? Like she was, she wasn't a young single woman. But maybe for some people, it's not important. Hmm. So there's been some. Unfortunately, there was. There's been some sad, like sad stories about people having been arrested trying to sell bodies. Um, but yeah, this is like a big deal that that uh, parents who's young son has passed away to for them to have a bride for him is is becoming like more popular mm. again maybe i don't know maybe they believe that if he passes away without a bride then he'll be alone or something in the afterlife yeah. cuz he doesn't have any he doesn't have any children yeah I mean, uh, well, sometimes it's done. There are a few reasons why it's done. One of the one of the reasons is sometimes, obviously, the couple were engaged before. If he passes, if he passes away, or one of them passes away, so there was. But in the past, there would be like, um, sometimes the woman might be pressured to marry the dead man anyway. Whereas um. the guy, if it was, if the woman passes away, then the man doesn't have any responsibility. He can just move on if he wants to. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's actually f to make sure that the the woman is integrated into a family. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also to see this is a bit confusing as well to ensure the family line is continued but presumably if they won't have any children so there's no family. I'm not sure how that works exactly. Mm. And the last reason or one of the main reasons is because uh, if if a younger brother, oh wait, no, no. If it's an older brother who passed away, then the younger brother can't get married. Ah, oh, yeah, okay, that so makes sense. Because usually, yeah, in Chinese culture, you if the younger, you know, the the older sibling should be married first. It's yeah. kind of weird for them. Even today, like we have a we have um, one of our colleagues, his younger brother was married before him mm -hmm. and it was i think he, he he's more you know he's kind of more a modern guy most sure. chinese people i think that uh morally they don't really have a problem with it but they still felt a little bit weird right. and pressured with their from their family mm -hmm. because of that because usually it's it should be the eldest you know one by one one by one yeah yeah hmm so, <laughs> not that there are a lot of families with tons of siblings, but it gives you an extra pressure. Yeah. If you true. do have a younger sibling, that you better get married. Yeah. Otherwise, they have to wait. They have to wait for you. That's crazy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this there's a lot of information out there about this topic. Uh, I I find it. I mean, I find it quite interesting because there's a lot of like 
separate rituals that are different. They basically combine like wedding and funeral rituals together. Mm. Uh, it's. Is there a name for those kind of ceremonies? Did you discover, or uh, they call this phenomenon something? So it's it's literally translated as is spirit marriage. Mm. Uh, that's all I found. Um, spirit marriage. Spirit marriage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll put the. So I I found a couple of articles of interesting. One was more factual, and the other one was because it's become. You know, it's become more popular again, and there's lots, lots of, I don't know, you know, like stealing of bodies and stuff. Mm -hmm. That article is probably a little bit more biased, but I'll put links to both. Yeah, it could probably be a podcast on its own if anyone was uh, morbid enough to <laughs> to listen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder because we discussed that traditionally, it's it seems like. Chinese people were not cremated, but today it seems mm. to be the standard practice Yeah, uh, for a lot of reasons. But um, I'm wondering then if the person is young, if they're more likely to bury them in a coffin rather than cremate them in the hopes or the chance that later they they would do these kind of marriage things. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder. Yeah. Curious. Because it sounds like, from what you're reading, that they need an actual body, that they can't just take the ashes. Right, you need a body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe that's why they went after that older woman, too, because maybe there were, maybe she There's was one of few, options. yeah, who was buried in a coffin. Oh, man. And maybe the timing, too. Maybe she had died recently, so they knew it wouldn't be that difficult to exhume. Yeah, maybe. Her or something. I don't know. Mm, yeah, who knows possibly. what's going on. Yeah, I read, this is this is really morbid, um, that even de decomposed bodies will be sold because prefer preferably they want like a someone who's just recently passed away. Mm -hmm. That's the ideal. Um, and even, I mean, I don't want to just put a bad, li like, just make this sound really negative. Actually, many families agree to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, if they have two young people who've passed away at similar times, they'll arrange the marriage. And, and it can be... You know, it can work out for everyone. You know, culturally, that's that's cool. But obviously, it's just there are lots of like more negative stories mm -hmm. that I came across, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, that whole area. I mean, in any. I mean, it's just shady business in general. Because you know, you have grave robbers wherever, and there's shady business. Because I think whenever you have these sensitive issues, and people don't want to talk about it, and people don't want to approach it, and a lot of people don't want to work in this kind mm -hmm. of a field, then that lends itself to a lot of um, sneaky dealings sure. going on. Because a lot of people are just like, they don't, you know, if they go to a funeral home, they're just, they don't, this may probably their first time dealing with it, so it's easy to get ripped off, because, and they're, they're just so grief-stricken. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of shady business that goes on, like, where, anywhere in the world. With where these kind of things are concerned, because most people are inexperienced, they're willing to pay as much money as possible. Yeah. You know, there's all these factors which make it perfect for CD characters to <laughs> to take advantage. Yeah, right? to take advantage exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I don't want to go. I don't want to 
go on about that subject too much, but because it, <laughs> it, it, I just thought I just thought thought it was very relevant because I had read this article very recently. Mm-hmm. So I thought I should tell you about it. Well, I guess now that they have all the social media and stuff like that, it's easier and these WeChat groups and stuff. It's easier for people to find each uh, other. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So maybe that's why this this resurgence of this kind of thing mm-hmm. is it's just much easier to locate these people and make these deals without actually having to know them. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I have a Chinese word if Oh yes please. Yeah. Right. Um so just like in English, uh we tend to use the word dead a little bit uh hesitantly when we're expressing this this kind of concept. So usually would say passed away. Yes. So it's the same in Chinese. So when you say someone has died in a polite way, you say guo qu, guo qu, which is almost a uh, exact translation of pass away or pass pass on. Let's say guo qu. Um, to say die is si, mm. which is which is why Chinese people generally don't like. The number four, because the number four is si, and uh, to die is si. So the tone is a little bit different, but it's they sound really similar. So which is why you'll see um, some buildings which don't have a fourth floor, or they don't have a fourteenth floor, because fourteen in Chinese, if you read the numerals out, is yao si, which um, sounds like yao si, which is which means is going to die. So they have all these like links to numbers that they avoid when in relation to death. So, so yes, technically to die dead is si, si le, but um, you'll use guo as a mm. as a way to politely say someone has passed on. Okay, cool. Thank you. So I'll put the links to our dictionary on our episode page. So if you want to. Uh, read any of the articles or learn the Chinese word. You can just go to writtenchinese.com slash episode 62 and everything will be there for you. Yeah, And I hope you checked out last week because I posted two videos on there which I think you should really watch. Oh, those are so interesting. There's one that's about leftover women or what, what were the topics? Yeah, um... Yeah, one of them was about leftover women, and the begin the first half really actually like reiterates exactly what Nara said. Uh, Nara and I both said last week, but then the second half, it got really interesting. The the girl, like the dating, yeah, speed dating yeah, with their bags over their heads and it, stuff. It got really interesting. The host, is, uh, she did a good job of like finding out more about the date, like dating scene and everything. They're half-hour um, documentaries on YouTube that that Holly's linked to, which are really they're really well done, and the topics are really interesting. And the other one was about the like the last women, matriarchy the last matri- or whatever. Yeah, so it's it. about the matriarchy, yes. matriarchal society in China where the women do everything, and the men are just basically used for sex and um, slaughtering of animals. That's like yeah. basically their only. Um, jobs that yeah. they have to do <laughs> but both are well worth a watch indeed i really recommend them so thanks mom for sending in such a great question <laughs> yeah. for Thank us you. to talk about and for listening thanks everybody else for your comments and likes and reviews that's awesome mm-hmm. remember you can leave us a voicemail at writtenchinese.com voicemail with any questions that you might have 
And thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Christian, if you're out there, don't forget to get in contact with us, please. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.